0: guess we're continuing our tour of Kenmore cocktail places. Yeah, we were at uh, Black Iron last week. Yeah, Nowhere this week, and we've got Jason from uh, Nowhere Lounge. Thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it,
1: Jason. This is a cool ass spot, man. (laughs) This is wild.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a huge, huge undertaking, but took us about a year and a half to get get open. My wife and I did like all the work ourselves. We had a few people kind of help us with like the flooring and doing some trim stuff cuz we're just trying to knock it out but mm. you know attention to detail is probably yeah <laughs> the biggest thing
0: did you lay out the design yourself
2: yeah we uh my wife and i both designed it That's um awesome. her background is uh hairstylist um she's been doing that for ages uh but she's just got a really keen design eye she started putting together boards of uh you know different colored materials and textures and then we just started accruing like all this crazy stuff, like from marketplace or estate sales or eBay.
3: Yeah, it had to take a while to accumulate all this stuff.
2: Yeah, that's I mean, one of the reasons a year and a it took us a year and a half, but also the liquor license yeah. was yeah. about a year, little little bit longer than that anyway. So
1: We we are firmly in the nineteen seventies here. You know, we've got the oranges, the browns, the the wood paneling. Did you have like a like a like a specific place in mind like what what was the inspiration cuz this is like very detailed and, and a vision that's very unique was it like a specific place or is like an amalgamation of places or pastiche of stuff
2: yeah it was de- definitely just like an amalgamation of i grew up in the 80s and basically in the 80s everyone's basement looked like this still from the 70s so uh, this is the kind of ba- basement that i grew up in it was like this with like all my family and stuff, so we kind of just took, as soon as we walked into the space, it was kind of a white box with, you know, a drop ceiling and a soffit over the bar and just white, you know, vinyl tile and just really, you know, not, I guess, bland. It was just, it was kind of like an open canvas for us to work with, so as soon as we walked in, we kind of wanted something like 70s because I'd really never been in a bar that was decorated like this, so... Thought the vibe would be really cozy, and that's what it's been. It's been super comfortable. People are just, it's nice and warm in here, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it's a very, I mean, we're, we're not open, we're not here during business hours, but this is a very, like, chill place. Like You just come, kind of relax, Yeah. but also, you know, I have a very good time here. I could foresee myself doing quite a bit of that. Speaking so yeah,
0: of warm, I got to ask you about this fireplace. Is that a vintage <laughs> fireplace? Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy.
2: from the 60s. Wow. And uh, it actually works. It's awesome. Is so it, it's electric. So it's just got like a little motor that makes like a fake spinning motion. Make it makes it look like the fire is real. And then there's a a little heating element at the bottom there. You
0: can turn on. Actually, kicks out heat. I love it. That's my jam.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's badass. So a a lot of the furniture in here. Did you like kind of go far and wide to like find like authentic '70s stuff or?
2: Yeah, I mean uh, the bar stools are like new because. I mean, trying to find, like, 20-some vintage bar stools that are in good shape was going to be next to impossible. But otherwise, uh, the couch you're sitting on, these chairs I'm sitting on, you know, most of the other chairs and furniture we have in here, all just vintage stuff we found, like, online somewhere, and ran over to their house and gave them 25 bucks and yeah, <laughs> here's your chair. Like, you know, like, okay. When my garage was just full of furniture for, you know, the better part of a year and a half. So we can get actually get it in here and uh, set everything up.
1: That's wild, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the trim along the wall. There, we've got like lava lamps. Yeah, we've got plants and like I just the whole the whole vibe is there. Yeah, um, I think you've you certainly nailed it.
0: Yeah, uh, you can you can just together. get a drink, sink into the couch, yep. and yep. just like watch the lava lamp for a few hours. Yeah, and this totally. is kind of like this little lounge back here where it's
2: you know got the couch. I built this coffee table and just like kind of. Relax back here, kind of away from, you know, the hustle and bustle. Like, Fridays and Saturdays are really busy. It's been great. Um, during the week, it's, like, a little bit slower, so it's just nice and chill. So it's kind of you can find your time to come in if you're not into the standing room. You know, it's pretty, it's that busy on weekends uh, sometimes. But during the week, it's nice. You could just sit at the bar. Usually, we'll have all the tables and chairs filled uh but it's not crazy it's not loud it's a nice vibe love it
1: would you classify like um is this like a destination place like where people are like oh we're going to nowhere lounge like obviously it's standing room it's really really busy is it like oh people are coming to nowhere lounge then you know maybe they'll walk to fatty or walk through the community or is it the other way around where it's like oh shit here's nowhere lounge like this is pretty cool let's pop in um, have you found it to be like the foot traffic came to you or like you're just more like, hey, we're the destination to come to?
2: I think it's a little bit of both, actually, like it's it was really nice. We opened Christmas night, so we had that giant crazy blizzard, 36 hours of just being holed up in your houses. And uh, it's nice about Kenmore is, you know, maybe we pay more in taxes, but they like to plow as much as they possibly can. So as soon as Christmas morning happened, I look out the window. They've already got a lane plowed throughout all of Kenmore, I'm like, if I can get to the bar, you know, I'm going to set up and we'll just do an impromptu like soft opening thing for the neighborhood. Cause it was driving ban. So people from Buffalo couldn't come up here unless they wanted to walk it.
0: I think uh, we popped in during that time and yeah. your wife was giving out cookies. Yep. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was lovely.
2: We had some Christmas cookies yeah. she made and then uh, we just had like some spirits, some beer, like, I think I only had like bourbon and gin and, Maybe Amaro. So we had like four cocktails I could make, maybe. And then just a handful of beer. It was just like, well, this is what we got.
0: It's good enough. Yeah. yeah.
2: So talk about your background a
3: little bit, because you've got a pretty diverse background for a guy opening a 70s steam bar in Kenmore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what brought me to New York was I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I uh, filled in on bass for my friend's band called Still Remains for a, a handful of tours. And I kept bumping into this band, It Dies Today, from Buffalo. Um, and then one thing led to another. Their singer left, and then they asked me, because they had seen some tape of me doing, I was used to be a singer as well for other bands in my hometown. And they asked me if I wanted to come try out. So I drove out to Buffalo, spent like a week with them, and they gave me the thumbs up. So I ended up still living in Michigan and then driving back and forth for tours for the first year or so. And then, uh, it just got to be too much. So ended up, you know, just moving out here in like Oh seven December of Oh seven or December of Oh six. And then, uh, we started doing some crazy tours and, uh, that was like five, five, six years of that. Um, went to Australia, went to South America, all over Europe and all over the States and Canada put out a record. We were on like a couple soundtracks. It was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it dies today. Pretty fucking big high profile bands, but metal community, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a super fun, fun group of dudes. And like, it was nice to come here and be like it. Grand Rapids and Buffalo, I feel like are kind of the same town. It's just one's in West Michigan, one's in Western New York. We're both by, you know, great lakes People are kind of the same. We're everyone's close to Canada, so we all kind of sound the same too. But yeah, <laughs> everyone's real nice, and it kind of just worked out. I met my wife like right before the band we stopped uh, stopped playing together, and then I just stuck around.
1: Awesome, man. Yeah. What what's it like being like not to be hacky here, but like being a Western New York transplant? You know, there's a it's so it's a weird little place, especially for those of us who are like from here but coming from outside the community coming into buffalo you, you've been here what 15 16 years now yeah. so it's not like yeah you know you're new here but um i don't know what's it like just to be like oh okay i'm moving into this buffalo community and now you're i, I don't i don't know your back if you have any businesses you own previously is this your first time this is my first uh like brick and mortar
2: business like okay i've done other things like i make uh metal and enamel pins. I do those lapel pins for uh, companies for the last seven years.
0: How'd you end up getting into that?
2: So I was I was the bar manager at Vera Pizzeria on Lexington, Hell yeah. uh, right by Cooney's when it was open. Um, Pour one out, yeah, yeah. man. That We're place big fans was, of Vera here. That place yeah. was dope. I loved it. And uh, we, I wanted to make a, we wanted to make pins for the bar, so I just designed them up. Found the guy, my manufacturer, and then. All these uh, liquor wraps and beer wraps were coming in all the time, and they'd bring in people from the companies as ambassadors, and then they're just, oh, that pin's cool. Like, And I'm like, oh, do you guys need pins for you know, Kettle One or for whoever, like whatever company, a founder's brewery or something? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, here's my card. And then they'd go go off, talk to their marketing people, and then I started making money from it. And then it turned into like a lot of my income was coming from that because I was able to... You know, they have expendable marketing budgets. It's like me asking for thousands of dollars is no big deal when their marketing budget's like $5 for (laughs) for whatever, you know. So um, it was interesting, and I got to be really creative by designing stuff and then see it come to fruition in, like, you know, a physical pin. So I have just, like, this giant board with, like, hundreds of pins that I've done over the last seven years. And that actually helped me, like, build this place because I was able to make some extra money doing that. To put into this place. Um, but I still do it. So I'll you probably did, do it forever.
3: You did uh, pins for your uh, cocktail club too, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we have a uh, cocktail club here. And it's kind of just like a mug club. Like you'd see it like a, a brewery or like Fatty has one across the street. And you get like discounts. I have like monogram glass that says Nowhere Lounge Cocktail Club member. Mm-hmm. And then just like we do cocktail classes here. That's like a really big thing for me is... Teaching people to be, uh, to be to understand what we do and why cocktails maybe cost a little bit more money than just like getting a, you know, vodka soda or something. Right. There's so a lot of crafting that goes on and a lot of work behind the scenes with making syrups and juices and and then mixing the right amount of all these different things to create something that someone's going to want to have four or five of or something. You know, instead of just a really sugary drink that. They want to have one, and then they're going to move on,
3: right? It's, you're not making Long Island these teas here. No, <laughs>
2: no. I mean, I, I've done it before for people, but it's like a twenty five dollar, yeah, you know, twenty five or thirty dollar Long Island, and it's not really what they're looking for. Yeah, but I mean, you're going to have any of our drinks, you know. You're there's enough booze in them, you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> It's totally <laughs> fine. Out. The, the, uh, the pins are. Oh, sorry, Jim. Go ahead. I was just gonna say like the pins are almost like a throwback. Was it, like the Diners Club, like back in the day. Didn't they have pins where you are like, oh, yeah, I am a member.
3: I've got, I've I've got my cocktail club pin on my uh, winter coat. I have to I'll have to move it to a spring coat soon. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean it's just like an interesting thing where maybe even seventies and eighties people just were into buttons and pins and everything. So it was uh, it's kind of I don't know uh, fate that like we opened a seventies bar. I think. But people are—I mean, the last seven years, it's been really easy for me to make stuff, and then people are always into buying my custom stuff that's mine. Or that's why all these companies are still putting them out—cheap merch for something, you know. You don't have to pay <clears throat> like eight or ten bucks for a T-shirt for that you're going to give to someone; they're going to wear once and go in the bottom of their closet, you know. So you also
3: did carpentry, right? Like you talked, you mentioned you you built this <laughs> this table yeah. here, beautiful
2: table, buddy. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, so you know, after, uh, when the pandemic happened, I was working at Masuda Chow's um, downtown, and I, I helped them, like, build the place and did their cocktail menu. It was kind of there from the very, very beginning, like, even previously. And then what ended up happening, it just, once they started lifting some of the stuff and you could have people dine in, there was just, it was a lot of, a lot of uh, big pain in the ass, I'd just say that. Mm-hmm. People are wearing masks, they're not wearing masks, they're getting up and walking, they're doing this. and I was it was so much and after the pandemic, I'm sure a lot of us all have like, I have weird anxiety now. like I've never had anxiety, and then like yeah. all of a sudden I'm just like, feel like I'm having a heart attack and I'm like, <laughs> nope, I'm just like in my head right now. it's fine. everything's fine. You have to talk myself down. But after a while I was just like, you know what? I just need a break from all this, like not serving people, just doing something else. So um, friends of mine, they actually helped with one of the counters at Masuda Chow's. They did the the kitchen counter and uh, NC Woodwork. They're in Kenmore, actually, too, which is great, which is probably like four or five blocks from my house. Um, and I just went in. And I was just like, hey, can I, you know, do if you guys need any help with anything? He's like, do you want to start Monday? And I'm like, yep. I mean, I've built some stuff in the past, but it was nothing mm-hmm. significant. I was you know, very rudimentary skills, but they, they honed me into knowing what I was doing across the board and building like custom cabinetry for people's homes and then doing like furniture projects too, like, and knowing how to use the tools, uh, the right materials, finishing just so everything looked professional. So it was hugely, hugely helpful for this place is where I was able to build everything. Cause I took this two year hiatus from bars to kind of own a craft to some degree, you know, I'm obviously not a master craftsman or something, but right. it definitely got
0: the job done for right. sure. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's Ken it's Ron Swanson. It's amazing to me yeah. what,
0: what can happen when you're open to th- just open to things, open to anything. Sure. And like how, how good people are to, to offer that help. Yeah. And, you know, just say, yeah, yeah, you can come in and. Right. And if anything, stuff. it
2: gave them like a boost. I could get some work done for them. They needed to get done. I learned a craft that I can take with me to my grave, you know? Yep. Yeah down the road if this bar is doing really well and I just feel like, hey, I'm just going to take a year and I can let my crew just run the bar and I can build some cabinets for people again right. or something right or on. just start doing some furniture, why not?
1: Yeah, Well, and as if anybody's ever, you know, like I said, rip Vera um, or bend to Masuda Chow's, but I mean, those are two places that both have you know, strong cocktail backgrounds and all, but also strong sense of aesthetic as well. Sure. Um, which I very much see, like, the, that attention, aesthetic detail happening here like we said like
2: yeah i mean when you look around you're just there's always something new that you're going to see and i mean we'll we'll keep adding stuff you know my wife's got the green thumb so the plants are 99% real there's a cactus in one bathroom that's not real cuz it's giant i don't want people stabbing <laughs> themselves when they go in there <laughs> but otherwise you know she comes in and takes care of those she helps out with the food like prepping the food and stuff so just you know sh- simple like charcuterie French onion meatballs are awesome. And then like, you know, hummus plate burrata. Yeah. But little snacks. It's not, I mean, you could definitely eat one of everything in the menu and be stuffed for sure. Yeah. Uh, even with two people, if you had a couple of the things, you're going to be good, yeah. but we got to have something. There's no kitchen. It's just like this little cooler. So we're trying to figure <laughs> out well, what do we do? Like got to do something. And uh, I think it came out simple, but like delicious. It fits the aesthetic the French onion meatballs come in these little seventies crock pots that people used to make French onion soup. in, so it's kind
0: of like perfect. It really is like a basement party. Yeah. Like my, my basement <laughs> still looks like this. Yeah. My, well, yeah. yeah. Throw things on the crock pot. And, yep. You know. There was like uh this old
2: sixties uh, book it was, it was like for party planning that we found a uh, years ago, but like some of the ideas and some of the food is just, it blows my mind that people put this stuff into their bodies <laughs> And it was just involving hot dogs and Jello yeah. and stuff like, but like together. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah it's, know, it's,
0: where's the uh, tuna fish Jello mold? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there, there's a handle I follow on Twitter. Seventies dinner party has, yeah. it has all that stuff. See, we should just. Yeah. I should just follow them and just steal all their ideas. Yeah. If you're into art, look into baloney art, right? And look into some of those old <laughs> old art. cookbooks. Bologna? Yeah. What is yeah.
2: True? Oh yeah, the old, the old cold cuts that like yeah. in the shape of animals. or oh, yeah. like Like, olive slices as eyes and shit like that. (laughs) Folding it up and, like, putting toothpicks in it everywhere. That's weird. Yeah. We should definitely do that kind of stuff. My
1: my favorite theory on that, all that stuff, by the way, is that, like, everybody smoked all the time, so they destroyed their taste. Oh, there's
2: no palate. There's no palate. So
1: people just eat shit, like, oh, looks cool, and, like, not have any taste.
3: Right. You are talking about, like, uh, I was reading about, like, John Wayne. Like, he smoked seven packs of Camel non-filters a day.
2: That's insane.
3: That's, it's, it basically comes down to, like, if he was awake
1: for, like, for like 16 hours, it's like a cigarette every, like, 17 minutes. <laughs> well, you know, everybody just distra- – listen, everybody had, had COVID. Like, half the people have no sense of smell anymore, so right. no taste. Like, I mean, maybe you can bring it back, baby. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Bologna art and Jello molds full of hot dogs. Loving
2: it. Yeah, I was thinking about, um, you know, the, the world's largest disco, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to compete against him and do the world's smallest on the same <laughs> night. <laughs> But it's going to be like, 125 bucks a ticket, 30 people, just us. I'm a locking us in here, and we'll just have that. a disco, man. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> screw everybody else. Because <laughs> I mean, you, what, what do you get the VIP section? It's probably like 250 or 200 bucks for for one person. Mm-hmm. But this is like super intimate. We'll have all, you know, I'll get get a DJ in here. We'll spice it up. We'll get a couple of mirror balls.
1: You got to have a celebrity though. Like what? What? All right, who's your Who's your like fantasy '70s booking celebrity? Because I always get like what? Danny Bonaducci yeah. Like, well, he's pretty small. That would be
0: appropriate for this. He's small. Disco, but, yeah. <laughs> he's it's a small, short guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's a good question. A nice '70s star to come in here. Yeah. Uh, O.J. Simpson. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if you <laughs> might get him for cheap nowadays. Ooh. I keep seeing
2: that he just pops into town and then people are taking selfies with him. Yeah. Like, this fucked up, man. Yeah. I mean, granted, like, he was a great football player for sure, but he's also a great football player that murdered two people. So (laughs) it's true. Uh, Not like I need to be friends with that guy. All right, scratch that idea. Or have him even know who I am because I don't, more of a chance that he would kill me if he knows who I am. If he doesn't know who I am, then there's no chance of him
0: ever killing me. I hope his murdering days are behind him.
1: Uh, Maybe. He's gro- personal growth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Right. You know, we're all on a journey of discovery here, really. And some people, you know, take up woodworking open bars. Some people just right. stop murdering. Yeah.
3: Right. But maybe we, uh, I mean, I think he's dead, but could we get Irv Weinstein anyways as like your 70s celebrity? Oh, yeah, sure. Why
0: not? Impersonations count. I think. Right. Yeah. There's Commander Tom. For sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> maybe That's like, the original fall guy. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. What is that guy? Oh, Lee Majors?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Lee Majors,
2: is that, yeah. Is that 70s? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Like,
3: like late 70s,
0: early 80s, Lee Majors, right? Is, is Lou Frigno still the, alive? The unknown oh, yeah. stuntman. Lou Frigno's alive and thriving. Yeah. yeah. He could still bench press you, I yeah. believe. He no, could. Yeah. I believe that. I think so. We can get him in here, I you think. Frigno, yeah. Maybe someone from the Brady Bunch. Somebody's
2: still got to be kicking around. Oh, yeah. Get Bobby in here. Mm-hmm. Not Alice. No. Not No. no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, not not Alice. So, all right, you, you mentioned some of your cocktails here, and I, I'm really excited to, uh, to hear about some of the cocktails you have to offer with your pedigree, my friend. Sure. Um, as, again, as somebody who fucking loves Vera and, like, thinks about it way more than most other people probably, um, talk to us about your cocktails and, you know, what we sort of have on the, on the menu these days.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, it's – the whole idea with this place is small venue – and just keep it simple, you know, I've helped other people run places and open places and things can get out of hand. There's a lot of stuff moving in the background, like a business, a business is a business. There's a lot going on. That's why not everyone just has their own business or brick and mortar. So the idea here was just, you know, besides the decor is to kind of keep it simple, you know, low overhead, low inventory and a small staff. I'm not chasing, you know, 50 people that work here. Trying to make sure that people are getting the job done and shit's sliding through the cracks. You know, we've got myself, I work here, and then I've got two other bartenders and a bar back. That's it. Keep it tight. And then uh, inventory-wise, like right now, we're going to expand it, but, you know, I just have my my well liquor. Which is actually a call. It's going to be more in your, if you go to a store to buy it, it's going to be like $25, $30 bottles. That's what you're getting in your cocktails. So we're starting at that, you know, call or mid-level spirits. And then we'll have, like, one better vodka, one better gin, one better tequila. And those one betters will rotate through. But you try new stuff. But in, I don't need to have 500 bottles on the back bar. You don't need to have every choice. Some bars have every choice, and that's fine. But for me, I'm just, if we roll through the inventory we have constantly... I'm making money constantly off everything and nothing's just sitting here. So I'm not spending money and sitting on five grand worth of booze. At all times, there's got to be five or ten grand worth of booze on my back bar because I got to have it. And that's just ten grand that I'm never going to have again because it's just always sitting here. So I might as well just go through everything <laughs> constantly and uh, just I just keep a decent stock of that stuff. So then keeping the stuff, uh, keeping the cocktails... Somewhat simple too. I'm not like an eight or nine ingredient cocktail guy. I like two, three, you know, two, three, four, five, five at maybe most. But then we're also batching stuff too. So we'll batch the juice and syrup for a cocktail. Um, so we just pour the spirit in a shaker, the juice syrup, ju- the two juices in a syrup in the shaker, maybe add a bitter on top, shake it, drink goes out, uh, maybe a minute, you know, one minute you have a drink. It's not five. Six, seven, eight minutes. Uh, Same thing with old fashions, manhattans, negronis, uh, old fashions on draft. So that's on tap. I pre-batch those. I pre-batch the manhattans and the negronis too. So every time you come in, you're getting the same consistent drink. Consistency is like is huge too. You're gonna make money because every time someone comes in, they're like, "Ah, man, that guy's working." Like I know that that drink's gonna suck. Like or I know the drinks are not as good or whatever this way you know you're gonna come in and you're gonna get what you order and what you want and it's gonna taste right and it should be quick so you can serve more drinks because craft cocktails you're not you don't really make you're not making a ton of money because it does take time right so that's what you end up finding out with a smaller cocktail bar you're kind of spending your time just making cocktails for people like when we're jamming at vera there's only so much money you could make like, we'd have the place packed wall-to-wall, and, like, we couldn't break over a certain number of sales because it's just, this is the top. Time-consuming. Yeah, and you can't make more drinks. You can only make as many, many drinks as you can make, make. So, it's interesting. But the business model, I think, is just keep it tight. Do a good job. Have good customer service. Like, take care of people. Be, you know, part of the neighborhood. I we, My wife and I have lived in Kenmore for 12 years. We just love it here if we opened a place that had to be here we had opportunities on hurdle and some other places and just it had to be here you know
1: this ain't a hurdle establishment i mean it could be i guess but like this i i don't know it feels like it's much more likely to thrive here than it would be on
2: Uh, yeah i mean Uh, i don't know if it like a downtown or you know elmwood village might be fine but at the same time too i do like that we're you know, we're in a village. This is the village of Kenmore. It's, you know, 1.2 square miles and 15,000 people that live here. That's an untapped market mm-hmm. that isn't, wasn't being taken care of for a long time. I mean, closest cocktail bar was would be like Prescott Provisions or something in Tanawanda, or maybe something on Hurdle or Waxlight on Chandler or Casey's on Amherst. Like, those are the closest place to get a cocktail. So we were driving out of Kenmore all the time to go do that. Now we've got Black Iron Bistro and myself where people were, people are walking from their house. The guys live down the street on a, uh, you know, shepherd or something. he's just like, yeah, I just walk right over and have a couple of drinks and walk right home. And that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I hey. love being the neighborhood, a neighborhood spot, like a neighborhood corner bar. That's, you know, elevated a, a bit, but not snobby. I'd be like, yeah. that's not my deal either. I, I could care less what you have to drink. You want to, you know, Narragansett, you want a vodka soda, that's fine. You want a cool cocktail, cool. That's all good
1: with me. Hey, baby, we're in the middle of the Kennesans, as I oh, say. The oh, the Kennesans. Oh, Jesus.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: all right, we've got, we've got Black Iron, we yeah. got got uh, Macy's, we got Fatty. I mean, this is, seriously, you know, uh, I know we talked about, we, we met with Black Iron, but, like, it really is bumping I, here. I like
0: to call it the ascent of the Ken Moron. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah you really <laughs> elevating the kenmore on
1: here you're leaving kenizens on the table
0: oh kenizens i think you know uh i think is part of that right oh sure sure yeah I for like sure. like that amazing. i like the kenizens it's nice
1: yeah yeah we uh no i mean seriously like you have a lot of businesses on this strip of delaware even you know down um by like uh the spot coffee down there and like all the businesses along the strip yeah mojo um, and
2: artisan Jay's yep. artisan and uh even Latavina. like those mm-hmm. guys are killer it's been like a really nice handful of years so far and i mean the last year has been like let's go man i just want to keep it going more
1: you know yeah for sure i mean and not for nothing you know we're seeing like um i think east aurora i think hamburg you know now we get something a little bit more north now um which is really cool i mean we saw those places in the south towns primarily have been kind of thriving and kind Mm -hmm. of bumping but now kenmore is really turning into that which i think is overall uh, a net good for the area to Mm -hmm. have more Districts like this, where yeah. um, things are really developing, and to have a place like this, where like this was previously uh, remind me was it Delwood, uh,
2: Bimbers Delwood, and Bob's Branch office before that. Okay, when we removed some of the the signage outside, Flo's Turf Club oh, we got a cap Jeez. going. <laughs> yeah, Flo's Turf Club was before that, so that was I researched a little bit. That was until I think the late seventies, late seventies. This woman named Florence owned it. I don't know what the whole Turf Club part yeah, was. Yeah, with that. I'm thinking like Surf and Turf, so maybe it was yeah, more yeah, like okay. some some steaks or something Yeah, like Steak sandwiches, maybe? I don't
3: know. Steak and
0: sirloin. Something Any like lo- that? Or? Any local historians want to look up Flo's Turf
1: Club in right. Kenmore? Let yeah. us know. Right. Bring Do in some pictures. I yeah, need but, to
0: see what this place looked like. Right, like
1: Pre-Kenaissance. Yeah. It sounds I'm, vaguely dirty, but <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe Turf like football Turf. Maybe yeah, Turf yeah. like... Yeah, but we're back on OJ. Oh God, yeah. Here we go. He probably came in here. Yeah. Flows <laughs> Turf Club? Yeah. Right in the corner.
1: <laughs> was um I mean, obviously there was a probably a regular crowd for some of those places, or or maybe, I don't know. I I, I actually don't know if they still hopefully they made it through the pandemic not to be I I am obviously thinking of like some older folks who sure uh, might have been alive in the 70s and were intimately familiar with Flo they may have been coming here since it was Flow's Turf Club. Right. Yeah. Um I mean, was there like a regulars crowd of people who are like, hey, let's check out this place. Like, what's up?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like there was the demographic for us, to be honest, is like 21 to 85. Like there isn't any kind of like, oh, it's just like a lot of this group. I mean, maybe because there's a lot of younger folks, maybe in their 30s or 40s that just been buying houses out here. So maybe that's a little bit bigger of a crowd. But I mean, we got a guy coming in here telling me, He's like, oh, I used to go to Kenmore West and for high school. And we'd come over here, and back in the 50s and 60s, it was like a soda jerk. The guy with a paper hat making me like a cherry cola. And then they're like, he's like going outside and just smoking cigarettes on the corner, hanging out with my buddies. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, But that's the kind of stuff that, like, I love that they're, this place has just been evolving, you know, since it was built, you know. I just want to see pictures of like what the hell was going on here back then what it looked like you know
3: yeah for sure i'm I'm super interested in flows turf club now like that's (laughs) i I, i'm very scared when i put that into google and search and see what like like i'm gonna end up on some nsa uh list but uh (laughs)
2: right there's like you know we took all the walls down in this place basically like all the old paneling and the drywall and there was just like a huge burn mark on one of the walls Whoa. that like went all the way up to the ceiling and there like we took out the drop ceiling there was tin ceiling but it was all panels were missing there was a spot where it was all burn out the paint was like chipping chipping because it was like there was some kind of crazy fire in here at some point but all my research I haven't been able to find anything about it I'm just so curious like what happened mm-hmm.
1: And, and I'm assuming for the whole vintage feel of the '70s, you brought in a lot of asbestos. Um, you know, y- yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> well, all,
3: all the cocktail glasses are made out
1: of asbestos. Yeah, oh, it's yes, asbestos glass. Yeah. Yep, found them all. <laughs> all. Right. No, I mean it's. Listen, like, I, I, so many businesses now are like I feel like hyper catered to like a certain market or a certain niche, right? And I love the idea that yeah, 21 to 85, Like, you sure. could just be at a bar and it's like, oh, okay, you know, there's an elderly gentleman, you strike up a conversation, like, I don't know. We're, we live in a very, like, a world of compartmentalized things and sure. anything that can, like, uncompartmentalize you, I think is good for you and good for the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this, what we've kind of created is, it's generational, is what I like to say. It's just 85-year-olds and 21-year-olds sitting next to each other Maybe they're having a conversation and they're both learning something, yeah. learning about computers for you know, or <laughs> well, how to how to set an alarm on their iPhone PDF. Yeah, yeah. well,
3: I mean, that's, like last time I was here, uh, you know, like I was here with my girlfriend and we had the burrata, but like there was like like a couple like very trendily dressed like sitting over on the one side, and then next to us at the bar was like some guy in his like sixties wearing like a
2: bill sweatshirt. Yep, across the board, just I love that it's. It it is that neighborhood feel and the the vibe. It's not just, hey, we're some kind of club, we're some kind of snooty cocktail bar, we're kind of this that. We're just a little bit of everything, and I think a lot of good time. Good vibe.
1: Yeah, it is a good vibe. Where, where did the where did the name Nowhere Lounge come from? Was it like um, a reference to something? Was it was just like the feel that you're, you're going for.
2: Kind of just wanted this place to be like nowhere. You were just this isn't. I mean, it is Kenmore, but like you're not in Western New York. You're not in Brooklyn, you know, you're not in Michigan, you're not in Chicago, or you're not somewhere, you're just, this is nowhere. Like, I want this to feel like this This place could be transported to any city in the entire country, and it would fit in. Like, I totally think that would this This place is that, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I think nowhere is kind of that idea where, well, plus, like, there's just so many things you can just, you can say, split it in half and say, now here, yeah nowhere now here oh yeah uh there's a boondock saints quote guys like the cops talking about these two two russian guys that are dead in the in the alleyway and he's just like asking like where they're going
0: he's like where you going where you going nowhere and i just like i always love that quote um I was we, thinking. I was thinking it could be like a '70s husband leaving his house. His wife asks, "Where are you yeah, going? No, nowhere. Uh, nowhere." That also, yeah. again, like yeah. you just have things like that
2: where, as soon as we kind of thought of it, it's just like this has got to be the name, man. Yeah. I mean, I just love all those little kitschy things that people are gonna say. Where are you going? Nowhere. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Well, see you later, I guess. You know, I know. We, <laughs> you're not going
1: anywhere. Um, yeah, my, my, my mind went to the Beatles. I thought, "Nowhere, man." It was where my my men went to. Okay. Okay. I I like that. You know, cool, similar aesthetic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We just like went through a billion names and I think I've probably, I've had a notebook, you know, probably since my Vera days when I was just like one day I'm going to open a bar somewhere someplace, you know, and all these just names are listed on there like things that I thought would be cool. And we, my wife and I went over it for, Months, and then kind of just nailed, just nailed it, I think. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Add the lounge in there, because this is definitely a lounge. Yeah. What what are the odds we'll be able to get a, uh, one of those old cigarette machines here? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a point of contention for me, because <laughs> I have one.
0: Oh. And there
2: twist. is, the, so there's a company in Maryland who I've literally been talking with since June of last year to get uh, a credit card reader and the mechanics for the cigarette machine. Oh, man, Game changer. Since June. And I talked to the same person at least once a week, if not sometimes twice. And he's just like, um, yeah, what is this in regards to? And I'm just like, oh, my God. Hey, dude, we talk at least once a week. Do you not remember me? Like, <laughs> I ask you for the same thing, and all you have to do is send me an email with the parts, and I'll order them. I will give your company money for something that you make, and then I'll have my cigarette machine in my fucking bar. Uh, Are you
0: talking to a goldfish? I think that's, so. It's uh, Patrick Starfish. Patrick yeah. Starfish. <laughs> I
2: was thinking of just flying to Maryland, to be honest with you, and showing up at a shop yeah. and just going, can I just have this stuff and just never talk to you again? <laughs> but I was, you know, with the pins that, we, that I make, uh, I was going to get little custom cigarette packs made uh, that fit in the cigarette machine and put pins in it. In each cigarette, or each cigarette box. So, you could put your money in, and then just pull the pull the lever and get a little pack of cigarettes that like doesn't it. have cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe sick. throw a little Lucy in every yeah, once in yeah, a while. <laughs>
0: candy cigarette, yeah, candy
1: cigarettes. Yeah, candy cigarettes. Yeah, right. Keep them honest.
3: I'm, I'm just gonna because I you know I remember being a kid in like the 80s and like uh you know my parents like you know my dad played like bar league softball and my parents would be like you know here's. Like a bunch of quarters. There's two of them for you to go play the video game, but you have to use like, like three dollars
2: to buy me a pack of cigarettes and bring yeah. it over to me. Yeah, I mean the this one guy that came into the bar said his he lived him he lived with his family down the street. He now has the house. I think his parents have passed, but his dad used to send him down here. They'd have parties at their house and send him to this this bar. To go, come in and buy cigarettes and then leave, like so. There's just kids walking in here and buying cigarettes, <laughs> yeah, and walking out. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I remember,
3: like, you know, I live, I grew up like a quarter mile from like a convenience store, and like my my mom would be like, "Here's five dollars. Go down to the convenience store and get me a pack of cigarettes, and you can get yourself a pack of gum or something like that." And like, <laughs> okay. I would just show up and I'd be like, "Yeah, I need a pack of cigarettes for my mom." They'd be like, "Yeah, of course, no problem, sure." And then you'd go home and eat your Jello mold hot dogs, for dinner right. right? Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Which I couldn't taste because you know, like I was smoking those Newport
1: 100s. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So, uh, so talk to us uh, hours time or well, hours and time the same thing hours days. Yeah. Um. You know when when are we open here? If you wanted to pop in.
2: Yeah, we're just starting to do. Um, like last week was our first Monday. Uh, we're doing Monday five to eleven. Going to pepper in some, like, actual vinyl DJs that are going to be spinning some 70s stuff. A couple different guys. And then, uh, so it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 5 to 11. Friday, Saturday, 5 to midnight. Nothing good happens after midnight. Plus, I just want to go home at that point anyway. Yeah, Reasonable hours. Yeah, I'll let my bartenders, like, they'll be out maybe by 1. They can still go and have a drink somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's always, that's kind of nice. But for me, I get to go home, which is yeah. great.
1: I I find that like places where you have you know you're open till two or God forbid four, um, you get you get the crowd of people who will show up at three, and it's sure. just like oh we're looking for a place to be at. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean I I've definitely worked those places, I've definitely been to those places, but yeah. um yeah, not for me, not not for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're out at that point, you're probably. You're probably doing just fine. Don't need me to serve you a drink. That's yeah. for
1: sure. <laughs> Especially in Kenmore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you if you're coming to Kenmore at 3 a.m., I mean, one, you, you messed up. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there's other places to go. Right. right.
3: Right. Yeah. We'll see you at the Kenmore Lanes. There you go. Kenmore. Are they lane. open late?
1: Are they, I think they have a, a late night uh, league.
0: Yeah, they got the midnight bowling. Bowling <laughs> yeah. in the dark. Sure. Shoot.
1: Bowling was a very seventies thing too. It's
0: a good place to go to for a fun night out. I love yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Is like, if
2: we didn't do it here or something, maybe like, if uh, Volkers wanted that front bar mm. and just turned into this would been would have been sweet. Perfect. That, that would have been, would've been sweet. real sweet. Yeah. I would have loved that. Uh, Talk about asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Didn't they have like posters on the doors? Oh yeah. yeah. Do not enter asbestos. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, we're so happy to be in Kenmore and just, you know, like I said, with the cocktail classes, trying to give some people some, you know, history about classic cocktails, where they started, even doing like spirit classes where we'll just talk straight up bourbon the entire time Mm -hmm. or straight up tequila. I was an ambassador for a tequila company for five years, so I'd be in Mexico two or three times a year teaching people about their brand and their his, their family history, leading them around the distillery, and then also working for McAllen and Highland Park Scotch as an ambassador to just, again, teaching people about their history and and their process of making their spirit. It's just that kind of stuff interests me so much because it's it's so crafty and there's, so much goes into it. And you, it's one of those things you don't really think about. You're just, you're having tequila and don't, you know, maybe don't really understand like how long it takes for that to come from a plant into a bottle into your glass and so much work and you know, so much like history behind it. we're making tequila since like, you know, the company I worked for Fortaleza was, is making it for five generations since the 1800s. They used to have like Mexican whiskey when they would age tequila in barrels and a be like a brown spirit because they'd come up from Mexico into Texas. No cowboy knows what tequila is. So you just call it Mexican whiskey and they're like, Oh, it's a little bit different than whiskey, but still kind of brown color and whatever. Gets me drunk. It gets me drunk. But like that's that kind of stuff is just really fun and gives you, it gives you a lot more respect for what you're putting into your body. So yeah, like you, Drink Cuervo, you're gonna have a freaking hangover because it's it's garbage. Now that company does make really good stuff as well, but you know if you're just getting Jose Cuervo Gold, mm-hmm. you know that gold is not because they age it. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's <laughs> food coloring, son. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I, I was uh, recently in New Orleans and took a trip to the Sazerac House. Yeah, and that was fucking awesome. That's crazy. It was so cool and like seeing, like you said, like seeing how all these spirits are made and like the time and attention and, you know, attention to detail and learning about cocktails. It, it definitely enhance your appreciation of what you're drinking. You're not like, Oh yeah, I'll take a, this and this. Sure. You know, and, and it, it
2: enhance your palate too, because you know, with, with whiskey, like what their mash bill is like, they're actually the different grains and stuff they're using. That's what makes it taste the way it tastes. So you would be able to find out what a mash bill is and go, Hey, this is one I really like. I love this, you know, high wheat bourbon you know, like Maker's Mark, no rye, but there's a high wheat and there's barley, but that high wheat gives it like a sweeter flavor. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a high rye bourbon, it's going to be more bitter and burny like at the back of your throat. It's just interesting. You know, you know what they put into it. The rest of their processes are pretty much all the same. Like they have to do it a certain way for it to be called bourbon or for it to be called rye or so on and so forth. So their processes are mostly the same but then you getting you're getting the blending is different the aging is different like how what they're putting in their bottles you know like and their mash bill it's just so cool to find out well this is cheaper because they don't do this this or that you know this is the mash bill this is the stuff that's younger it's younger and in barrels for less time than the really good stuff from the same distillery like sazerac makes Zachariah Harris which we have and that's it's great but it's not Sazerac rye or it's not Weller or Pappy Van Winkle because it's not they these master distillers will taste all this stuff and then they blend things and they they put the right things together to create the flavor profile it's very very specific those guys drink I don't know 5,000, 10,000 ounces of whiskey for their job every, yeah. every year, plus whatever they do
0: on their off time, <laughs> probably a lot more. Down the wrong career path, I think. Tough yeah. tough life,
1: yeah. If uh, if our listeners wanted to find any information about your cocktail classes, Jason, where, um, I mean, do you have any coming up or is it all like posted on we your, do, your social media?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like to do, um, I'll do like more even weekly or monthly classes once we get kind of, Going for a little bit longer, but um, what I've been doing lately is is private parties. So private classes, uh, at least eight people, but we can do, I think like 18, there's six, 16 um, altogether, uh, 60 bucks a person. It's a couple hours, you get snacks, a little welcome beer, we'll talk for, you know, hour and 45 minutes or two hours about whatever you want for the class, and They'll come away with some knowledge. We'll have we'll have a handful of cocktails, have some food, a good time. You get behind the bar with me if you if you want to, and you can shake the shakers. Like I'll use the jigger and pour everything. Do it, do what we do, so you can feel comfortable doing it at home. Because that's what I want is people to go home, make some cool spirits, make some blend some stuff, and make some cool cocktails themselves. And then sometimes that inspires me too to bring something in and go, hey, I made this this weird, like, uh, you know, almond and chocolate syrup or something, you know, uh, or whatever, like a lavender and, and rosemary syrup, and, like, you got to try it, and then I'll try it, and i am be like, this is sweet. Like, I love that kind of stuff. And just then they get more excited about being here and or being at, at any cocktail place, and they're not questioning, why is this $13? Why is this 14 bucks. It's right. like, well, <laughs> you go home, and you'll see, like, how much work it you, you're going to put into – tasting these things and oh this is too sweet this is too tart this is you know too boozy it's not boozy enough i need to add this or add this it's just so cool like it's so cool that people do that and then they come in and and show you like what they're really up to you know
3: that so you heard it so you can get a private party and uh make alabama slammers together (laughs)
2: yeah yeah but i would just say either come down here and talk to me personally or you can just go in like nowhere cocktail lounge on Instagram and just DM us. We answer them like pretty quick. So, and then we'll we'll go up, go from there. But I'm down to shut down this place for private parties whenever, because knowing that the amount of people, the time, what we're bringing to the table, like it's so so much easier than you know just being regularly open. I never we never know how many people are gonna be in here. Mm-hmm. We could have 20 people in here. We could have. 100 people in here. So the private parties is I love that. And the space is like perfect for that, you know. Yeah, We've already yeah. done like music video shoots, some photo shoots, um, birthday parties, you know, bachelor bachelorette, all sorts of stuff. So
3: Bar mitzvahs. No Bar mitzvahs yet. Oh, no, oh. yeah. Well, once
2: yeah. you get that cigarette machine going. I'm also uh, <laughs> an ordained minister so I can uh, marry people. Hey, there so, we uh, go. Nice. I've done 12 only two divorces. Pretty oh, good. Okay. All right. That's good odds. I yeah. think. Yeah. Good
1: numbers. Uh-huh. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks for uh, having us here, man. And uh, yeah, pop into Nowhere Lounge. Yeah. I would
0: say fill up your car with leaded gasoline. Yep. Rip out your seatbelts and come on down. Yep. Throw in yeah. the eight track and oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Awesome, man. Well, thanks, Jason. Yeah, I appreciate Bye. you
2: guys. Right. Thanks so much. Cheers. <laughs>
1: With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and and just really sharp. It it takes the classic American lager and we we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen.